Welcome back to the Lakeland Sports Guys. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, Dan Spivey, the coach in the house here at Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood. And I didn't even know what's special on Tuesday, guys. Hot dogs. Hot dogs are special on Tuesdays. Yeah, I like you said. So, uh, <laughs> glad everything's coming in. Uh, thanks so much for uh, waiting a day on us uh, as well. We appreciate you. Uh, uh, you know, having you here and uh, apologize for the inconvenience of all that. But we got a new name for Chris now. He's now Shocker. <laughs> it's going to be go. his new nickname. But we're glad he's back with us. I wear it well, buddy. I wear it well. It's going to wear, like I tell you, I was going to wear my damn tank top in here and just keep my shirt up. But so everybody can see my, my sunburn. But uh, it looked pretty good this morning. Show <laughs> your new tattoo. My new tat right here on my, on my chest. So, so hopefully, knock on wood, we got the heart pumping pretty good again. So. Well, we got, a lot, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, you can talk, you know, brooms over the course of the weekend with Carolina and Clemson, so we'll get a little bit into that. Um, we, if Clyde ever decides to come on the radio, we can talk about uh, the new quarterback at, at Baltimore. Um, we'll see if that actually happens or not. <laughs> they better do something. What um, you all dressed up for, Clyde? I go to the See there? Oh, Lord. He's going to put him up there with me next. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we've got that to talk about. We'll talk also uh, what's going on uh, with uh, Clemson, with Carolina, with Erskine. Lander's got a whole bunch of new uh, things. We're going to talk new coaches. Um, we're going to talk baseball as well. They had a huge weekend. They brought the brooms as well. So, yep. I mean, it was broom weekend for everybody here in, in the uh, state of South Carolina, it seemed, for the most part uh, overall. And then uh, why don't we start things off with none other than Mr. South Carolina Hall of Fame, and that has to do with John Gilliam. Gosh, what a uh, honor it is for him. This is like his fifth Hall of Fame, though, overall, yeah. when you look at it. Yeah. And it's amazing for a guy that's only played football for one year at, at Greenwood but was a major basketball star in the process, too, for four years. It's just amazing that, that being from here all my life and I just didn't even put the two and two together until that Hall of Fame ceremony the other night. And he went in with some very distinguished well, you, you guys wanted, up there. You wanted a young bucks in the crowd. I am Us old folks, we remember him. Well, I still have not got his number yet, but yeah. I, I'm going to work on him. So we're going to talk about John here in a second, but he went in with four other guys. You had uh, Joe Bostic, uh, the Clemson offensive lineman from the 70s that went on to play in the NFL. You also had Stanford Jennings, the former former uh, Furman, Furman running back. Yeah, I remember him. Um, and then Brad Edwards, who was a star defensive back at South Carolina back in the mid-'80s. The pick six against the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the one play that gets him in that Hall of Fame. I'm going to tell you. Because all, all in all, Brad, you were a really good football player. Player. Went on to the pros. I mean, he yeah. actually played a couple of years in Washington and a couple of other teams. So, good football player, but he gets lost in the shuffle when you think about linebackers and his size. And so, it'd be tougher to play it right now. Yeah. But. And then uh, you got to look at Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, of course, out of Dutch Fork and what he was able to do. He received the Blanchard Rogers Trophy uh, for being the top college player with South Carolina ties to earn that honor. So, he's automatically in the Hall of Fame due to that. He's a what this year? Sophomore or junior? Junior this year. Junior. So I'm going to tell you something. That would be a guy right there. The draft comes up in a couple of days. That's being somebody I'd be looking at right there if I was New England or whoever. But your Panthers, you need a, a good-handed receiver. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt's the guy. Well, you know, and he's one of those guys that the in-state schools kind of passed him over because of his size. And he just made up his mind, look, I can go up here. I can play this game. And he went up there and proved to everybody that he could play this game. He would have been a good asset at Carolina under Beamer, but let me yeah. tell you what he did. You're right. He went to Knoxville when he heard that Josh Heupel was coming in, and yeah. and he's a prolific, prototypical style, you know, coach up there, a former quarterback himself. And he saw the writing on the wall that we're going to yeah. throw the ball. And I mean, not great quarterbacks. I mean, they had a couple good ones over there, but they made Hyatt made them look great so I just leave it like that uh and he's just a great receiver and I hate that we didn't miss out on him I'm sure that Dabo and those guys do too and you know it, I don't know how you miss a player like that or you don't push for a player like that I guess is yeah. what I'm saying now a lot of these guys all have NFL ties and we'll talk about John Gilliam's NFL ties in a minute but main reason that he is in the South Carolina Hall of Fame is because of what he did at South Carolina State. Yeah. He was all SIAC Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference 
wide receiver and safety for three years while he was there with the Bulldogs. That was back in 64, 65, and 66. And during his senior year in 66, he was clocked at 9.5 in the 100 yards, a few seconds off um, then world record of 9.1 seconds that was set by Florida A&M's Bob Hayes. So wow. there's your speed <laughs> coming in right there. Uh, he also led the Bulldogs in receptions in 63. He had six catches for 181 yards, four TDs. Uh, he was the uh, scoring leader with 24 points for the team uh, during that year. He was also third in receptions in 1965. He had nine catches, 212 yards, four TDs, tops of the team, um, which was the captain. And then uh, he was tied for second in scoring in South Carolina State in 1965 with four touchdowns to go along with that. Uh, in the process as well. But he, he not only was a wide receiver, he was a return guy, and he was a dangerous return guy. Yeah, I'm going to put two and two. Like, like I said, I, I, he reminds me of a guy named Ben Coates who played one year football to a green <laughs> or two, two years, but he never played a receiver or tight end. He's even more of a running back. But that's kind of the, the comparisons that you get made. But the biggest compliment I heard after this whole story was by a guy. He said, I'm going to tell you something. When that little old fellow from Greenwood came down here to Orangeburg, he said he made a reputation for himself, and that was Buddy Pugh, who's mm-hmm. now the football coach yeah. at South Carolina State. Um, he said he'd love to have had him play for him, and, I mean, who doesn't want to play for Buddy Pugh? I'm just telling you how it is. I mean, he's just one of them good guys, and, and so is so is he. And like I said, I, that, when I saw that, the first thing I did was I hit our site because there's a Lakeland's right there, boom. Mm-hmm. You know, and you don't, always, you don't always see Hall of Fames and the Lakeland guys in it, but – it's starting to change a little bit. The time's yeah. turning. So, And back then, you, well, you, you played iron football. You played offense and defense. <laughs> and he was a super safety. Yeah. Well, and that's too, you look at, he leads the team in receptions for the year. He's got six catches. Mm-hmm. Today, if you've got six catches, you probably, you on the bench, buddy. <laughs> you probably are. You know, you've, 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 you've got to get up there in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, I mean, to be – but that's just the time, the, the difference in the game. It was a run game back then. You very, very seldom threw the ball. And uh, like you said, dangerous, dangerous return man. And going back to the start of his pro career, he was drafted by the Saints. Very first year of the Saints franchise. Very first game. Very first, first kickoff. Play. He decides, <laughs> well – since this is my first year, this is the first, I, I think I'll just take this ball 99 yards and for the first touchdown. So his name's in the record books at the Saints, and it'll never come out because he was the first player to score a touchdown for that franchise. That's yeah. awesome. And you can't take it away from him. Back in 1967, uh, what, number 52 pick overall by the Saints. But he's also rem- remembered very well, and he's one of the top 50 Vikings uh, as of yeah. right now that's up there uh, in uh, uh, Minnesota. He's on that uh, Hall of Fame as well as one of the top 50 that is there. But he went to two Super Bowls in the process, 66 and 67. With Mr. Bud Grant, I'm yep. taking it. Yep. Now, whenever they played at Greenwood, we talking about over here, at Emerald, the uh, – Old apartments over no, there? No, he was with Emerald. Oh, he was with Brewer. Okay, he was with Brewer. They played so they at Brewer, so okay. they played over there off of uh, yeah, Cambridge. Cambridge, I yeah. got you. I was just trying to remember when when Pinky Bab Stadium went into play, what year that was built or whatever. That was so. 70. It's a little before that time. Let me show you your age, Stan. Se- I think it was 71 was the first season. I could be wrong. It might have been 72. Still, what an honor, though, man, to have a Lakeland's Greenwood guy. And, and a lot of people just, uh, unless you lived here and, you know, you relate to the guy, you never heard of him, really, and it's just a shame yeah. that it takes this to get him out there. Uh, so. You sit here looking at his NFL career stats and receptions, 382 for 7,056 yards, uh, 48 touchdowns in the process of all that, and then he had two touchdowns, uh, return touchdowns to go along with it in the NFL. Here's what so. I want you to do now. I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. Give me Stanford Jennings. Don't have that. <laughs> I would almost bet you, Tom, there's good as Stanford Jennings, who was a remark. I do remember him, a remarkable player at Furman. And, I mean, just really I, – I, and I know he went on to play also. But I think an injury cut Stanford Jennings' career down, kind of like Latimer and a couple other guys. But a uh, really good player out of Furman, one of the ones that I really remembered back then. All right. You like, want his NFL career stats? That's fine, yeah. All right. We're going to compare uh, it to you. Nine rushing touchdowns for 1,250 yards total rushing. Uh, Receiving was 1,096. Receiving touchdowns was 10. Kickoff returns 
uh, yardage-wise, went for 2,965. There you go. That's why I just wanted to see kind of a comparison between what you would have. And, and I don't know where he went to high school by no means, but I don't think he was – Somerville? Was South he, is that where he went from? Okay. Yeah. I should remember that. <laughs> went to Furman. That was um, drafted in '84. That third was when my uncle was living in summer. But I should remember Stanford. And I, yeah. So he, he's a McKissick boy. He's a Green yeah. Wave. Mm-hmm. McKissick. But, uh, yeah, but he he didn't bounce quite or bounce around quite as much as Gilliam did. He was what with the Cincinnati Bengals, then he went to the Saints and then the Bucks. Yeah, like I said, I think he had an injury that kind of plagued his career. I don't know if it was a knee or what, but I remember some kind of an injury. There was another guy that went in with this crowd, too, that I know personally as a coach, and that's Mike Ayers at Walford. So I'll go ahead and give you the spotlight on him, and you can give me the rest of the, the other two. That went. And, well, of course, we know Joe and Jeff Boskett. I, I think that's a cool deal. You know, Joe, whenever Jeff went into the Hall of Fame, he gave a speech to his brother returned the favor. And if you got a chance to watch it, if you didn't, go back and look at that. That's pretty good. He said, uh, Mom always told me I'd be in the Hall of Fame. She ain't never say crap about you. <laughs> and I just thought that was funny, that the way they broke the ice with that whole deal. And then they asked uh, they asked, uh, uh, Mike Ayers, and he's like, well, I don't know what my mom would have said, but it probably couldn't be repeated. So every one of them had like a, you know, because you expect Hall of Fame, you're going to be nervous and everything. And they just broke the ice, everybody had a good time. And, so, just very proud of John Gillum, though, from our, our own Greenwood's own gentleman. And like I said, I'm working on that numbers, John, so if you happen to hear us or something, or yeah. somebody does hit me up, man, because we'd like to do a phone interview with you. I know you're in Atlanta, so. Well, he, and he was involved in radio in the Atlanta area for a good number of years, but I also came to find out during his time when he wasn't playing football, he was a school teacher. Okay. I wonder if he coached a little he, bit. He always, that's what he always wanted to do. When he went to SC State, that was his goal was to go down there, play football, graduate from school, and be a teacher and a coach. That was what – and just something came along and got in his way for a few years, and that was called NFL. <laughs> yeah, for a good six months out of the season, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And he made a little bit more money, maybe, uh, NFL. Well, than well you got – back then, though, the money isn't what it is oh, today. It wasn't, and, it wasn't nothing like uh, it. <laughs> and probably the, the punishment that he took in those years in the NFL – in this day and time, he he wouldn't have the punishment back then. I mean, the pads were just nothing. I mean, the helmets were nothing. And uh, his health probably suffered a little bit from it. That's awesome. And yeah. I guess his coach would have been Coach Vab or no? No, no. So it would have been some – I can't remember okay. who it was. I was coaching. I was oh, hoping man. Coach Babb had him another one <laughs> no, in there. <laughs> We got the man over here. He's well, I, I, Howard's coming back there too. He might know who the coach at Greenwood when John Gillum was there. But you can ask him; he'll probably know it before I do. <laughs> he said he knew his name. <laughs> Get rid of Brownell. There you go. <laughs> I got something for that look too, Howard. I, I, we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But another thing, and and this is a little bit off topic, but a tie into Brewer High School and their athletic program they had over there. You know. A sad day in history when the Marshall plane crashed. And we actually had a Greenwood boy on that plane that had played at Brewer High School and had a scholarship to Marshall and was on the team, and he actually died in that plane crash. Mm. Now, that's sad and all, but he is, his name is on the memorial, or whatever you want to call it up there. I didn't know that. That's one of my favorite movies. I have to go back, research. I didn't do my homework. I just watched it. Yeah. And I can't – and his name just has gone out of my head. It'll, maybe it'll come to me later on. All right. We'll have to see. I'm – I got y'all up. You, you did. You threw me. Yeah, really I shocked good. you. Is that shocking all factor I got, we got now? It's <laughs> my new shocking all. Lightning bolts are going to be flashing here pretty soon. Well, he knows the lightning bolts are hitting. We might have to call him the flash instead of. <laughs> <laughs> I might want him in a suit like that. Well, I was going to call him gigawatt, but then. Yeah, yeah. gigawatt. How I many I mean, yeah. gigawatts was it that you told me yesterday? 100,000 100, <laughs> gigawatts. Yeah, that's a. I know I don't have a pacemaker to kick you, and I, they just try to get everything else going before they put one <laughs> yeah, in. I, he graduated in what, 76? 67. No, 67. 67. 67. Yeah. So 67 would have been J.W. Babb. 
That's at Greenwood High. You got to go to Brewer. Yeah, yeah, oh, Brewer. Because okay. Greenwood High was. That's bad. why I asked you. I was like, we had two high schools. All that's right. why that's I asked you. That's gonna take me a little while longer. It went back to that. Yeah, but anyway, it's all right. Because I played stand on the. The two didn't merge till I think nineteen seventy. May have been sixty nine, seventy, right along in there. I think it was seventy. Let's see when did. Yeah, it would have been seventy. The merger. Mm-hmm. And then, because we went to the new high school, it opened up in 70. The football stadium opened up in 71 because it was a year late because they didn't get through construction on it. So they played the one year down here at the old field. Awesome. All right. Well, congrats uh, to John Gilliam again. Uh, another great honor. That's his fifth Hall of Fame. But he went into uh, – you look at some of the other names that were involved with uh, – who he went into the Hall of Fame with that have come out of South Carolina State. Probably the biggest one I know is uh, he went in with Deacon Jones. Deacon Jones. Deacon um, yep. That was involved in the in uh, in that as well. But there were some some other big names, if I can recall who they are. Um, Harry Carson, Donnie Shell. Yep. I don't uh, say the Shell more. I don't yep. uh, Charlie Brown, the wide receiver, All-American defensive standout, Robert Porcher. Which, um, uh, yeah, that was involved in all that. So I mean, I mean, those are the bigger names. Porsche, I remember because uh, for some reason, uh, Black Magic didn't go after him, and he ends up going to Sacramento State. So, yeah, Robert Porsche was a really good player. All right, so congrats to them. Uh, we are at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. I invite you to come on by and bring Fly, your family. Fly, shoes, bring your shoes, boy. <laughs> It's shine, shine day. <laughs> He's laughing about it right now. <laughs> but uh, they've got some great sandwiches here for lunch. they got breakfast as well, which a lot of people don't realize. They've got some pretty good breakfasts that um, go along here. And then take advantage of the entertainment that takes place uh, also on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evenings. Voted, by the way, number one in the Lakelands. I saw it. I saw um, it. As the top music spot in the Lakelands. How went the wrong way? I was going to ask him if he had to come out of pocket for that one, too, because that's what prayed in the But anyway, that's another whole story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, taking a look at the Move South on. Carolina coaching situation as of right now, yes. where they stand. We still have seven uh, that do not have head football coaches as of yet, but one of those was filled. However, it opened another one, and that is Ed <laughs> Sushi uh, out of Buford. He was the head – or Buford, I should say, out of uh, – that was there. He ends up going ahead and turning around and going to Battery Creek. Um, taking Terrence Ash's place, that is up there. So you fill one, you open up another in that process, and I feel for those guys because they had the best season that they've had since, uh, what, 2014, I think it was. But Battery Creek hasn't had a winning record since 2012. Stand and watch this. This is for Tom Carroll. So he goes from Buford to to basically Buford in Battery Creek. <laughs> Just combine them, combine them together. But. There you go. So, and then we got another coach's opening that's taking place here in the Lakelands uh, over at Emerald High School. They are looking for a cheer coach. So, uh, Mac High posting that earlier. So, if you are interested in uh, cheering What's and coaching the cheering, uh, you need to go ahead and contact none other than Mac Height, the athletic director out there. He'll give you more of the details for it. Now, you uh, got to be spirited for that one. I would call my cousin, <laughs> but I don't think she would want to move from Arizona back to Greenwood. I don't know. It's hot. Definitely might be interested in that, wouldn't she? <laughs> it's hot. I'd be a way to keep you here. Yeah. <laughs> So congrats there. And then uh, got to make mention to um, former athletes that are making headline news. Laura Lee, yeah. uh, Scott, she gets nominated as the uh, SoCon Player of the Week this week. Big honor for her because that's big. And then uh, can't forget about Smiling Rob, uh, what's going on with him. Of course, uh, he went in the transfer portal. What was it, back on Friday, Thursday? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday because we talked about, talk about it Thursday. So, yeah, we yeah. talked about it Thursday. And so he's had several offers that have come his way. Indiana out of the Big Ten. You had Memphis uh, being another one. The Bulls out of South Florida have offered him as well, and so did SMU. So he's got four offers that I know of as of right now. SMU uh, really, might be my school. Uh, that I, I really so. don't see him leaving the warm confines of Phoenix to go to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, I can see South Florida. Yeah, Memphis maybe. I'm kind of with Chris. SMU would get him a little bit closer to home. Still a big name program. 
Sonny Dykes is the one that turned that program back around, and that and his assistant coach is the head coach there now. So, I mean, there, it's a team that he could could go to right now and just assist right away on that yeah. defensive line. So, yeah. it, you know, it, that that's just who we got offering now. If if somebody anybody's smart and you need a lineman, man, go get him. <laughs> I, and I'm talking to you too, Shane. So I mean, <laughs> or wouldn't it be something he ends up at South Carolina? Our Clemson, I mean, uh, yeah. our Coastal. I mean, well, he's got, I think both. If you're looking at Clemson, well, we know Clemson's yeah, situation. It's not going to happen. He may want to, but they don't have Dabo's already three over the limit. He's got to get rid. Of, so you know, Dabo, I feel sure doesn't want to go four over the limit. Uh, what a portal guy. But now I don't know where Beamer stands with his numbers. Well, he and Georgia, they're, those two are walking that tightrope yeah. between Beamer and, and Kirby Smart. But yeah. uh, like I said, what's hurt Georgia is is the, the caliber of players that they've lost. You don't replace a Bear Alexander just like boom like that. I mean, no. that's just <laughs> that's a big loss there. And then for him to go to Lincoln Riley, it's all about that that NIL money. And it's unfortunate because that's it's the way of the times now. So. I wish you way when you sign with a team, if you if you left a team, you had to at least pay back a scholarship if you already own an IL or something. I know they're still working on these rules, and you know, hopefully, it's 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 something to come out of. Because like I said, I wouldn't mind going back to Willie B, but I ain't going back till we get it straight. So <laughs> unless it's a rock concert, I might go down for that. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, uh, speaking of high school action, there's a lot of stuff that did happen. Of course, the biggest was yesterday. You had the Lakelands Invitational that took place in track. Uh, as far as the women went, um, Greenwood took first, McCormick took uh, third, Dixie took second. So it goes Greenwood, Dixie, McCormick, Emerald fourth, Calhoun Falls was fifth, followed by Greenwood Christian and Palmetto Christian Academy in that order. For the men, first place went to the Emerald Vikings, McCormick again second, uh, you had Greenwood third, Abbeville fourth, Greenwood Christian was fifth, Calhoun Falls came in sixth, Dixie was seventh, and Palmetto Christian Academy came in eighth. And I'd have told you McCormick was there because, like I said, they slap loads on both girls and guys. They did. They, I mean, they slap the top loaded. three for both. Yeah, they're slap loaded. Yeah, so. that was great. And then we we needed to check on some folks uh, and how they did and and where they were. And we found out that Lexi uh, ended up taking first in the hundred and the four hundred meter hurdles. So congrats to her. And um, was it Gabby? Yeah, ended Gabby. up first, Tally. going yeah. eight feet in the pole vault. She, she's keeping it rolling. Yeah. So. Soaring for the Eagles. Yeah. And uh, I always like to look at the guys' 100 and 400. The 400-meter dash, uh, Carson Norman ends up winning that one out of Abbeville. He had a 51.25 for that. Uh, Emerald uh, had the second-place finisher in Keenan Marshall, and Abbeville also had the third-place finisher in uh, Jakaris Martin. All those guys under 53 and a half seconds. That's picking them up. That's lightning. Them down. That's lightning there. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you look at the 100-meter dash uh, in this one. Uh, Braley Jones. Of course. Uh, again, 10.75. <laughs> uh, Jalen Robinson out of Greenwood went 11.05. He had uh, Emeralds also taking third place in Jordan Green. He went 11.35. And then Carson Norman out of Abbeville and Jamarcus Martin were the four and five finishers at 11.4 and 11.6. Bradley Jones is just a, he's a freaking nature in every sport he plays in. So, And the, the other kid out of Abbeville must be pretty solid too. So. Yeah. I bet the girls can outrun us. <laughs> Oh, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get in a race. <laughs> well, I always like to look at the, the 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 guys and what they do with the shot put. The shot put to me, um, being able to throw that round metal ball. Uh, yeah. Marcus Parker out of McCormick ends up winning that. A senior there, um, he threw it what 45 inches, 45 uh, yeah. feet, or five, is it feet? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah it'd be. Yeah, it is feet. Uh, nah, I would be in the inches. I'd be my Devon Donald, uh, he out of Dixie, he went 40.02. Um, and then uh, McCormick had the next two finishers in three and four. Malcolm uh, Gaston went 39.04, and Shun Durant went 38.11. Ken Durant, And it, it takes an athlete to do that, Ken the Durant. discus, the javelin, even the pole vault. That, that, that's true, because you had to do more than one you know, it's not just picking them up and putting them down. Yeah, and that shot put, it's all about technique. 
And here's part of the reason why Greenwood ends up winning uh, the women's track side. All five first play, all five of the uh, first five finishers were all Greenwood oriented, and they were led by a sophomore in Kaylin McLaurin, twelve point seven six. Coach Norman, you know what you're doing over there, don't you, buddy? In your first year, <laughs> congratulations. He's, he's having, yeah. She he's also she also won the two hundred. Um, in that one, and then for Emeralds in the 400 meter dash, uh, Loudon Butler, and she ended up winning in 104.51. Big times, I'm telling you. And the thing that people don't realize, track and field is big around here. I mean, like I said, McCormick's always had it, Dixie's always had it. We know Abbeville, Cowan Falls have always been very fast and that kind of stuff. But I mean, Lakeland's is well represented in track and field, also. It's not just wrestling and some other things, baseball. I mean, well, well, and it's not just the running events either. No, it's we've got kids in the field events. You know, a lot of high schools you go to, they may not have anybody in pole vault, they may not have anybody in shot and discus. So, you know, kudos to yeah that coach, that whole coaching staff at these schools that they can find athletes that'll get out there and and participate in the field events. And not only participate, but do well in them. I still think what, when when Kenny brought Gabby in here and she was telling her story about they didn't have a pole vaulter at the time, and she's got a part-time coach, yep. and yet she's coming in setting state records, <laughs> and she's only been doing this for a couple of years. I mean, I, that's what's amazing. And if you, like I said, if you, not everybody, like she said, not everybody wants to play volleyball or golf or or softball or something like that. But if you if you're that kind, man, go out and find you a niche. And, I mean, like I said, I always had speed. I never – I mean, Coach Ware, of course, had had me out there with the rest of them speed demons. But um, <laughs> I'm telling you, back then, I mean, the track, it was basically your speed, and it basically was built off your football team. So, like Stan's always talking about Clemson needs receivers. Dabo, go hit the track team. I mean, I know you should go to soccer to get the kickers. I mean, do the same thing with your with your track team. See, Clyde, Clyde's in here. He's already got the full 100 rolling right here. but. I didn't know. <laughs> Taking a look at some other action that is going on, you've got uh, for Greenwood, baseball gets underway again tonight. Their last regular home yeah. season game takes place tonight. Going to be taking on uh, the Lawrence Raiders as they come across the lake over to visit uh, here. And this should be a fun one. 6.30 is going to be game time. And uh, this is their last one. They're going to have this be senior night. Senior They're going to honor yeah. all the seniors in the process of all of that. But then they got two regular season games to conclude it. Um, you got uh, Thursday night uh, at North Augusta, and then Friday night you'll have at Lawrence before they start the playoffs next week. I love the fact that they're again they're going to play North Augusta again for like what the fifth time, fourth time, so, <laughs> and they are just they are. Sm- like. I, I guarantee you, North Augusta is going to say hi. The devil that we keep getting these teams, because <laughs> like I said, it's just like all of a sudden Greenwood hit that that light bulb came on with hitting and pitching, and this is phenomenal to watch. I mean, it's not just one guy; it's Caden Bohr, it's Andrew Driver, it's it's. You know, Elijah Tiller, Matt Murray. I mean, this is incredible stuff. T.J. Aiken, and, I mean, the names go on. But uh, while you're talking to high school, let me do my little spotlight. I tell you, I'm going to pick a team and do a spotlight on it. Mm-hmm. I was looking through Max Preps trying to check on uh, my cousin's son's average, that at Blythewood, of course, and he had dropped a couple of notches. But I was behooved to find out that Brandon Hirschberger from Dixie High School is, like, second in the state in hitting and then. He's only hitting uh, staying, let's see, uh, 579 yeah. from the from the wow. big Dixie. Yeah, that... 20 stolen bases. He's a shortstop and a pitcher. Yeah. Guess his ERA. 1.7. 109. Bam. 109. He don't look good. <laughs> Beverly, I think you got him. <laughs> but anyway, I, you know, we don't we, – we oftentimes talk about Emerald and we talk about Greenwood, of course, because they are our Lakeland teams. And, but just to, to see that and the ERA and then what he's doing and field percentage, I mean, they don't make errors over there either. You know, Parsons has got, got a 9.73. Reed Cox has got a 9.47. And Case Miner, who is Jeff Miner's son, uh, is at uh, 9.23. So that's infielders that are not making errors. And that's the reason that that, that, that team is 10-7 and seven, right? 10-7 and 1. I don't. I'm not sure about the ties in baseball. So, <laughs> yeah, did he pitch last night against Emerald? Uh, probably not. Probably, well, I didn't see that aspect of it, but I don't think he did because the score was what in that game? Ten to three. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't think, yeah, I don't, I don't think he pitched that one. Yeah, the Vikings had <laughs> Maddox Moore went three from three from the plate. Uh, Bo Height went two of three. Justin Scott one of two had two RBIs in the process. And Archibald Hunter Archibald was your winning pitcher. 
Maddox, your grandmother wanted me to say something to you, but not really on the air, but I'm going to say it to you. She said, you're a really good baseball player. You don't need to quit. <laughs> she enjoys coming to the park and watching you play. So, Maddox, do your grandma right. <laughs> Stay in that thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, turning our attention now towards the uh, next level of competition, that being the college level of competition and what's Don't going it. up there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, these Bearcats at Lander University. They take on the number 11 team in the nation in Young Harris. And we all know that Young Harris uh, <laughs> is really good in soccer. We know they're really good in basketball. basketball. Um, but uh, they weren't evidently so good this weekend. Either that or Lander was that much better because Lander ends up with the sweep, uh, 7-4 victory on Sunday in the process of all that. Now Lander moves to 22-24 and 24 overall, but more importantly, they moved to 15-12 and 12 in the Peach Belt, and Young Harris drops to 21-9 and nine in the Peach Belt, but they still lead, Young Harris does, uh, out of all the schools. It's like Coach Burke said in his, his postgame. That, by the way, I told you it was eight minutes long. You, you think Coach Burke, he don't talk that long, but um, just excitement because this was this was the one win that you need before postseason starts playoff start that's the one win because that is the team that's leading it overall it shows that your team can pitch with them and hit with them uh so now i'm looking forward to it uh when that playoffs does start in another week or so that's confidence building. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> well, they got Anderson coming up tonight, so uh, they'll have that game. They're going to be on the road at Anderson. That'll be another tough matchup for them. Um, that is up there, and you know they, they've had a little trouble playing on the road, but hopefully they can snap that food. This is that's the one that's you know we we, we continually talk about Anderson being apparently it ain't it's not a new school, but they're starting their athletics starting to build up. This could be another rivalry here, like North Greenville and some of these other ones, but. Um, it's exciting, and I mean, you're going up, and I think, if I'm not wrong, they play at the old Anderson minor league field. Is that right, Stan? Well, when my nephew played, you'd go right there where the – By the uh, cemetery, or no? There's a manufacturing plant on the right. I can't remember what it was, and you turn left right by there. It's an older field. Um, yes, yeah, Anderson had a minor league team. Been. It may have yeah. been, but uh, – I can't remember the name of that team either. Uh, it, uh, now – it's been a few years since Bryson pitched for him, but the field wasn't in that great of shape back then. But now, you know, who knows? They're pumping money into that athletic program. So it's probably a whole lot nicer facility now than when it was when Bryson was pitching. Easter ride by, and that would be like an eyesore because they didn't even have yeah. the outfield grass cut. So <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, good luck to Coach Burke and the guys tonight. Go ahead and win you another one. Yeah. Uh, Got to win the midweeks. But the, win the this midweeks. one, and then this weekend is their last weekend series before they go to the Peach Belt Tournament, and they get USC Aiken at Aiken. So they're going to have to make their way down past Trenton and the Peach Belt and all you, that stuff. You know who's going and tonight? That's, and that's, a pretty, going and and that's a pretty nice facility down there, too. I'll yeah, it is. Say. Erskine's going tonight to Aiken. So maybe Erskine do, the, do, do your rival in the Bearcats some, some good and wear them boys out, make right. it easy for the weekend. <laughs> Before, before we get to Erskine baseball, let's talk a little bit. You, you found out earlier today we've got a new softball coach coming in. Coach Gibbs is taking over, uh, and uh, I think the team's ecstatic about it. I think uh, the previous coach has got another job. He's taking an AD job at Columbia College, uh, and I think they did, that's just a good – that's a smart move right there. You're going to stay within, and she's got a lot of uh, familiarity with the Greenwood area, and, and Coach Gibbs is going to do well over there. So congrats to her and moving up, and she'll take over next. Well, she'll t- actually take over at the end of this uh, season, season pretty much correct. Um, from all of that. So uh, she's learned under a great mentor. I love everything Coach Crawford has done. So. And, I mean, like I said, I would imagine she's been part of that group as well under him. Uh, so they therefore we was promoted. And uh, and right when we were coming on the air, I told you uh, PC's got a new soccer coach. He got promoted today too. The high schools that still have coaches that, are, that they're waiting to hire somebody, promote. From within and get it ready so we can start going. your spring stuff up so that we don't have some week. delays. <laughs> Please. I uh, want to congratulate the Lenders golf team, women's golf team as well, number 18 in the nation. But more importantly, they are the Peach Belt Conference champions as of right now. And, Put another trophy uh, in the case. Yeah, add it up. And, and Mark Riddle, he, he's doing the job right. He's getting them where they need to go, and they're shooting some lower scores in there. Hannah Stephenson uh, among them. Also, you got Ella Nelson, uh, Carolina Hardy. But the, the person that's probably making the biggest difference has to be uh, Shirikado Tanaka. Didn't get invited to the women's amateur and should have out of Lander, but, um, you know, that's the one thing about coaches. He's a good golfer himself, yeah. so he knows the game well enough to where golf's one of those games that you can coach. It's not hard to coach it, but it's all about building confidence in a player. 
I mean, if you don't have that, then you can forget the season. Uh, you got a player goes out and has a bad round, and it, it just sinks the whole team. Uh, I remember Puggy Blackman at Carolina. That was one of his pluses back in the day was he was a really good coach. So, yeah, but Tanaka, was, she, like I said, she did not get – I called it a snub. I don't know whatever you want to call it, Augusta National. But, um, <laughs> kind of like y'all did us, but it's all good. <laughs> well, she shot seven birdies on that championship round in the process for yeah. 11 over par in, the, in, in all of that uh, on Sunday. Shot a 74 for a total of 227 through three rounds and that's that's golf that's move that's moving the ball and keeping it in the fairways and that's the key that's that's what matters fairways and green keeping it there all right uh turning now towards uh, erskine and what's going on over there you mentioned the baseball that's going on and over the course of the weekend they had a a, well they took the series pretty much from southern wesleyan but they did it in (laughs) a way that uh was just unreal of course they won Friday night, but then the doubleheader on Saturday. Erskine ends up losing that second game 10-16, to but that's not the game that everybody's talking about. It's what happened in that doubleheader afterwards when Erskine said, okay, we'll score 40-8 to in game number three, and it's not often that you see a baseball team score 40 runs over the course of seven innings. Yard fleet baseball. So the yard cock baseball. Yard fleet. So that's, that's huge. I mean, like you said, when I saw that score, of course, I was – in the penthouse up itself, but uh, when I saw that score, I was like, "What? I'm not reading this." That's got to be a misprint. I, I thought it was too. I definitely yeah. thought it was a misprint. But you go back and 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 look at the highlights and and where they are. They, I mean, <laughs> but here's the thing about them: six in the first, six in the second, eight in the fourth, six in the fifth, three runs in the seventh, six in the ninth, and or six in the eighth, and five in the ninth. I like what the coach said. He said it's easy to score forty runs when you're pitching good too. He said, because you didn't put a 40 up on the board, uh, you, you pitch a couple good innings and you're not going to lose that game. No. <laughs> I love that philosophy too, Coach. I agree with you. But Just throw them strikes, let them hit it. So, yeah, they tried a little bit of yard fleet action over there, and they, they got it, man. I mean, they're a good baseball team. So 28 and 17 overall, 13 and 12 in Conference Carolina, and they get a midweek game tonight. They've got to go to uh, Aiken mm-hmm. in that regard. But their conclusion uh, be back at home in Due West this weekend against Emmanuel College. Here's the key to that one too: is I don't, does it say he's pitching for Aiken tonight? It does. Not. He would be there. I think their Saturday Sunday guy, whoever it is, but I saw I was wondering who they were pitching, who they were playing against. So that's why I say rough that kid up. <laughs> get, get, uh, get Aiken ready for Lander this get weekend. His, uh, get, his, get his emotions just yeah. thrown out of the way. <laughs> Shocking off that. Yeah, you can add that in there. And then the uh, women's team, uh, I should say the women's tennis team, uh, they fell just short against Mount Olive in the Conference Carolina champion. So they ended up taking second overall. Final score was 4-3. to three. Um, That was there. You had Emerald Bentz who defeated Ingram uh, Monacerat to 6-3, 3-6, 6-3. Um, for one of the wins that was there. And um, I think it was in uh, singles, a uh, order of finish went 6-4-2-3-1-5, and doubles went 3-1. and one, So, so look, I mean, like I said, the second's not – I mean, you're talking about a really good tennis team that they played, so – so, or match. Yeah. So now the attention turns, uh, will they be invited to the NCAAs? Probably not, judging by where they have been. Um, if they would have won the conference, they probably would have gone. But uh, right now they're going to get ready for the offseason, prepare for retaining their conference regular season title. You ready for next year? It'd be interesting to see who who, who coach brings in from, you know, because at one time the, the lady was from Bolivia and she's, like, she's graduated by now. But, um yeah, that's what it's just amazing about Erskine and Lander that they have the ability to reach out, not just other countries, but and they bring in really good players out there. So uh, both colleges have got scouts or university for Lander, but they have scouts that that reach way out and they you know to get these players from Honduras to play tennis and uh, Brazil to play soccer, and that's just that's amazing that these two schools can do it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. <laughs> All about the recruiting. It is about the scout. Getting the guys that you want. Scout. Uh, after the big guys take theirs, you can see if you can get one of theirs as a possibility. Along well, with you find that so. diamond in the rough. Yeah. And when you up. do, Ethan Petrie, yeah. for instance, <laughs> just throwing him <laughs> out because he had a big week. So. 
Well, let's start with the Gamecocks because uh, their baseball team, by the way, they're pretty doggone good. They're number three now in the nation in the NCAA. They're hitting them ribbies. Them steaks yeah, are good, but boy. They, they had uh, their brooms out this weekend as they swept the Gators 7-5 to five was the final uh, on Sunday to go along with that. But, um, you know, they just seemed every time they go against teams that we think are going to be – you know, as good as or maybe better than, they always go up another notch. It's like the level of competition for them increases double when they go up against big names. What what impresses me now is you got Mark Kingston, who a couple of years ago I wasn't really happy with, and I just turned it around. But I love the fact now when they have post game, Monty Lee's the one doing the talking. <laughs> you hear you hear coach, you know, Mark Kingston. You picked to play it here, but Monty Lee's right behind him, and he's just it, the energy that he puts into it. Poor old Kingston sounds like he's usually going to sleep on one, but you'll hear this interview because I've already heard this. This one's pretty good. <laughs> Here's Mark Kingston his post game against Florida on Sunday. Great day, great series, uh, great team. Like we have a really good team right now. I'm really happy for these guys. All the hard work they put in this weekend, just a, culmin- a culmination of that. Obviously, we still have a long way to go. Uh, but this was a great statement for our guys. And I'm very happy that they're having this success. They deserve it. Mark, obviously, the, the, a lot of the, um, the focus on Florida was on Jack and 22 home runs. I think he struck out four times this weekend, had three hits, got one homer. But how much did your pitchers want this matchup this weekend? Well, it was just two really good teams with some superstars on both sides that were going after it. And if you, if you don't like watching that, then this just isn't the sport for you. So I know they were anxious to play us. We were anxious to play them. And I think, you know, again, it was just it was great theater. It was great competition. And I'm glad we came, you know, we came out on top. Uh, all three times Florida scored today, well, other than the ninth, you got the run back immediately in the bottom half. What does that, I guess, say about this team? And how much does that help a dugout when you can just immediately kind of prevent a shutdown inning? Yeah, every inning you give up runs, you know, throughout a game. You always, when your defense comes back in the dugout, it's the first thing you say is, hey, let's bounce back. Let's answer those runs. And, and you hope to, to at least match it or score more. And we did that, like you mentioned. Uh, we Every time they scored, we answered back in the bottom of the inning. And, and that's important. What about Matthew Becker today? I mean, what would, what did you expect from him? And then today, I mean, just gave up those two solo homers. He stepped up big time for us. He looked like a guy that should be pitching on an SEC weekend. He had poise. I told him after, you know, after he came out of that game, I said, as impressed as I was with your stuff and your performance, the fact that he was that poised throughout the outing was, was really big progress for him because sometimes he, he lets the emotions get a little bit of the best of him. That did not happen today. Uh, on a big stage with a huge crowd, with a chance to sweep a series. Uh, I was so proud of him today, so proud. So there you have Mark Kingston, a little bit of his press conference after the big win against number three, Florida, who they uh, moved up to number three from number six, Carolina did. And uh, you can tell Matthew Becker is going to be a star of the future. Well, and, and we know he's going to be a star of the future. Well, the thing, a couple things that I took from this weekend. Number one, uh, Matthew Becker – is your third starter. Oh, wait a minute. It's not going to be too many more days, and Noah Hall, who was your third starter, is coming back. So your pitching depth is getting better. Let him for it. We've had, we've had, some, we had some injuries occur in, the, in this series. And with uh, Lee Croy at third, and all of a sudden you put Braswell over there. What does, Braswell just comes in and, you know, I think every game the kid plays in, he's going to have at least one triple. I mean, he can just fly, and he hits the ball well. Now, he might not have the home run numbers that some of these other guys is staying in the ballpark, but he's still, you know, doubles, triples. I think the one game he had like three triples. He's in a really I mean, I mean yeah. how – and then, you know, but at the same light, your second baseman still out with the broke arm. Braswell has to go to third because you've got injury. You bring in a freshman and tip it. Great defensive ball player and might be, you know, he might. I don't even think he's hitting his weight. I think he weighs 160. I think he's hit. He's hitting like 150. But at crucial times in the game, he'd come up to the plate and he'd work a walk. And that's, to me, that's as good as a hit. He gets to RBI. And, you know, the crowd's happy for the kid because he's been striking out. He's been hitting in the ground ball. 
a lot of they did have a lot of sacrifice bunts, so which that doesn't really show up in the box score, but he did have some of those. But the two things, two other things I saw, all three games, I don't think there was an inning that Florida scored a crooked number. They held them to like one run. Every time they scored, it was one run. One run's easy to come back from. When Carolina comes in the bat and they hit a three-run homer, yeah, you were down one nothing. Now you're up three-one, and the next they kept putting up crooked numbers. And Florida, the defense from Carolina would not let Florida score more than one run again. I think they had in the last game. I think they had one inning where they scored two runs in the eighth. In the eighth, but they were up like seven or eight to three or something like that at that time. So it, it really, and when you can do that. From a defensive standpoint, your pitchers have all the confidence in the world. So they're going in there and just pitching because they're pitching with a lead. And the batters, we didn't hit that many. We hit some home runs, but it wasn't as many as we have hit in other series. But we got the doubles, the triples. And here again, I think we lead the nation in walks and hit batsmen. I mean, it seems like every inning somebody's either getting hit or walked. But that's part of the game, and, and it shows you the the focus that these guys have when they step in that batter's box. And, yeah, they're leading the nation in home runs with 90-plus. What can you say other than <laughs> let's let's go win another series this weekend against Auburn? Defense is what impressed me. I mean, like he said, when you take a Michael Braswell and you can move him from left field, right field to second base, then put him at the hot corner because of an injury, that's saying something else. And then bring a kid off, like you said, a true freshman off the bench to play second. And you don't really miss a beat in the infield. That's pretty solid that you got really good players in place. Turn a number of double plays. And And what impressed me about the series is you're right. We didn't hit home runs and we've been hitting them. I wanted to see what this team can do, having to put the ball in play, get runs that way, as opposed to hitting home runs every time we're getting there at the plate. Because once you get to the to, – I'm not going to say – once we get to the SEC chan- or into the tournament, um, we're going to see how we play then. But then if we make it to another level, that's been the thing that's killed us in the past couple of years that we've relied on home runs and pitching so much better. But the one thing we saw, I saw this weekend too is your, your number twos and threes in the batting order, which were Wimmer and – and uh, shoot up. Anyway, they at times they laid down bunts, and they were they were bunting for base hits. That's Braswell. And That's what he does. Well. And they, you know, sacrifice bunts. So they not only can they play long ball with you, but if you get too little picky with them, they'll turn around and play small ball on you. Braswell can bunt and go to second on the play. I'm telling you, he's that fast. He's done it twice this year. You don't get doubles off bunts. I'm just telling you, that's just incredible speed. And he's he's actually up. Uh, I noticed the other day he's got uh, ten triples. Something. Like he's that. up in he's up in the college rankings for for doubles and triples. So. And this was a guy that was not a starter. No, he didn't. He's, he's come in. Luckily, he's. We, we picked them up at a good time. Yeah. And, and like I said, we're playing good as a team, and that's the main thing. But our pitching's held up now. Uh, and it helps to have that stand because you got a guy now in Becker. He's confident now. Yeah. And when Noah does come back, I mean, they're going to fight for it. So somebody else, you know, it's good to have that extra guy in that bullpen or that they can start for you. And, and he showed you you can against the number three team in the country at the time. Well, and Coach Kingston said it. This was a matchup we wanted. This is the matchup. Every player that stepped on the field for Carolina wanted to play Florida. They want to play the better teams. The pitchers want to go against Jack and say, you may have hit 22 home runs. Here you go. See what you can do with Dees. And he only hits like two in in a three-game series, and he strikes out four times. Uh, I think we've got some pitching down there. (laughs) Thank you, Coach. (laughs) Well, right now, South Carolina is tied with Vanderbilt for the lead in the SEC at 13-4 and four overall. And um, taking a look at their schedule, we made mention that they're going to uh, take on Auburn yep. this coming weekend. So uh, first pitch, 7 o'clock this coming Friday. And we'll talk a little bit more about Auburn, South Carolina. But the, then after that, they got the Kentucky series and the Arkansas series. Um, away. 
one. I forgot Tennessee. They got that Tennessee, as well. So they still they have three home. weeks. We still got yeah. still got three we weeks. Got to play ball. Yeah. So at least to get through May. Mm-hmm. The funny thing with the girl, the girl softball plays Auburn this weekend too. So that should be. You got baseball and softball playing Auburn this weekend. So all the so. buses are going. There. They got Ed and yeah. There. All right, uh, so congrats to the Gamecocks on that, and we wish them the best of luck. Uh, no midweek games, by the way, is it is exam, exam week. week. It is so, exam week. Um, let them know. And then the brooms also came out as uh, the Tigers, the Clemson Tigers, um, they brought the brooms to the ballpark for an ACC series. They end up with a big win over the Wolfpack. And that's a surprise to everybody because everybody's like, well, the Wolfpack is, is back, they're getting healthy, and then this happens. They but always I do think this. Clemson did the same thing, though. They Clemson did. is starting to get healthy. They're starting to get their pitching back. Um, I think uh, the players have grown to understand what the new coach wants from an offensive standpoint as well as the pitching staff. And they're starting to gel as a team. Yeah, I looked at the ACC standings the other day, and they're, I don't forgot what the numbers were. It was like 12 and 9. were, And there was like five or six teams that were 12 and 9. Mm-hmm. And Clemson sitting down there like at 9 and 9. <laughs> you, you you know you go win a series and you you you're back in those you, you know you're gonna be in the top of the in there in that ACC and it's just a cluster right now and, and these last couple of weeks are gonna determine who and Clemson can still by the numbers win the ACC now you've got to go out and play and you can't be you can't go back to slacking now. He's getting things rolling in the right way. Let's keep them going that way. <laughs> we want to send three teams to Omaha at this day. And back and let, it does, and, too. And try, <laughs> and, try, and try to let the NCAA tell one of the three teams, no, we're not going to let you host a Super Regional because we got two other teams in the state we want to have. Well, yeah. that's the one they won't tell. Because, like I said, he come from Michigan, and he ain't going to put up with it. Eric is But, like you said, it's, it's eerily reminiscent to the basketball season. Just hanging around and that the other teams are allowing you to stay in, and that's how Clemson, you know, propelled to do what they did in the basketball this is a good Clemson baseball team. I mean, he and the players were good. I don't know what happened with Monty up there, but um, it's a whole different team now. If you watch them play, it's a whole different team that started earlier this year. This is a different baseball team, and he finally got what he wanted from his players, and now they know what is expected of them. And like I said, I think Clemson hit a home run with him and at, uh, as baseball coach. And like I said, I'm sure Eric's got a lot to say during his postgame. Well, they got a midweek game tonight as well. So they're going to be taking on Tennessee State. Uh, that'll be at Doug's Kingsmore. And then they will not have a weekend series as they're going to get ready for their exam week coming up next week. So um, they'll Probably be off. Best weekend weather wise, they're out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be just as nice that previous weekend. You're right. We You're right. We hope. We'll see what happens with all that. But um, So that's the big news that's going on as well. Uh, any new coaching changes that you know of? Uh, well, we Clemson, got to Carolina? mention. We do have to mention that uh, the Coastal Carolina Shiner Clear. I was going to say it because you're Baseball, sure. <laughs> uh, if you look at the polls, they're number six right now. Mm-hmm. So, for a state as small as South Carolina, to have two baseball, two D1 schools, and one of them not being Clemson, to be ranked in the top ten in the nation. And you look at the rosters of both of these teams, well, all three of them, and you see it, it's littered with players from this state. So, Sam, who's pitching tonight for Coastal? State. Who's pitching for them tonight? I'm not Don't sure. they play Wake Forest, who's ranked number two in the country? And who they're playing? I'd have to look it up. Maybe Tom can find it for me. <laughs> I think they're playing way. That computer and I, I know they play home. Southern Miss this weekend. But, yeah. I, I, you know, the one thing, like I said, we picked up a lot of support out of that area in Conway. Because, like I said, anything I see, and it's like all of a sudden Coastal is hitting on everything. Lacrosse. I mean, everything that they've got a sport in, they're, pl- they're track and field, both men and women's. I mean, they're, golf, they're going – I mean, everything they're winning at, it's just, that tells you the success of that school. Well, it goes back to the, it's the whole athletic yeah. program. And uh, success breeds success. I mm-hmm. mean, if you have one team winning, then this other thing, we don't want football to steal all our thunder. We can play our game too. We're going to make ESPN come to Conway again just to Put, put on a ball game. I was wondering if Teddy here's, was Here's how big this game is tonight. Uh, number six, Shanna Clares. They go up to take on number two, the Demon Deeks Wake Forest. Winston State. At Wake. At Wake. Yep. yep, six o'clock first pitch. 
And, and you know, and that's a crying shame that a team like this has to go to Wake and some of the other teams that they have to go to, and those teams will not come to them. And Coastal has won a national championship since any of these other boys even thought about one. You answered your own question. <laughs> Who wants to play? Yeah, I, I, I've already told you. Play I don't Nobody want to play Coastal. Know, uh-uh. If we if we do advance somewhere, I don't want them in my bracket. Mm-mm, not Coastal. Well, not like, Gary Gilmore. I'd like to see us both make Omaha and be on opposite brackets so that the only time we see each other is would be the for the championship. Game. That would that'd be and okay. That'd, that'd be, be a okay. cool that'd be cool for the state of South Carolina. Gary Gilmore, Mark Kingston, and yeah. Monty Lee. Then the question is, are you going to be in teal or are you going to be in garnet? <laughs> I'll have to split the shirt. <laughs> we, we've, had, we've had to do that before. We've had I'm going to tell you, it would be hard for me to choose who I'd pull for in that game because I think Coastal Baseball, as far as the school I've already told you, if I wasn't a Gamecock fan, I would be a China Clear. It's just that simple. I mean, they're they're doing things right in Conway. And, I mean, uh, I, I – I'm going to give it to Cliff Ellis, poor man. I ain't even but a basketball coach, but he helped with the AD starting that thing <laughs> up. So, And it goes all the way back to Joe Maglioli and, and way back in the day. But it, tonight's going to be a big game because let's say you can sneak that midweek game on the road and you come out and you win an 8-2 game. Mm-hmm. What does that do for your weekend against Southern Miss? I mean, it's, it's going to be party time in Conway. I'm telling you. Pelicans Park and all is going to be – I mean, not well, Pelicans Park, but – well, the, the stadium down there at Coastal is a beautiful ballpark. And, you know, the, the students down there are like the students at Clemson. They're going to show up for these games, and they're going to be loud and proud. Now, they may not have the numbers as far as, you know, oh, well, we got 10,000. St- not, not, you know, they might get six. But they're still, for a school that size, just to be able to do what they've done, and it's with a lot of local talent and in-state talent. It's just amazing. Caroline with the dessert. Here's the wrong way. Here's the key, though. I bet you see Till tonight in Winston-Salem. Oh, yeah. Because I bet they're, you they're going to travel. They're, they're going to travel. Yeah, they'll be, they'll so, be that's what I'm going to look for tonight. And don't get me wrong, Wake is a really good baseball yeah, team. they are. They are a really good baseball team. But I think, you know um, – like you say, who's going to be pitching for both teams? I mean, this is a three versus six. And this is a midweek game, yeah. So, do you pitch your Friday starter? Probably not because I'm sure. Or your Saturday starter? Or you might pitch your Sunday starter. That would still give you the days just Tuesday. So, that would give him so we, yeah. basically five days rest. So I think Wake's actually got NC State this weekend maybe. I think they're and, playing. You know, what is Wake, is Wake overlooking Coastal? I, I don't think, think you so. overlook it. I'll, if they are, they're making a big-time mistake because these boys come in and they don't care what's written on the front of that shirt. They they come in with bad intentions. Coach are going to step off win. that bus and they're going to act like they're at home. And they're going to walk out there and, like I said, that pitcher's going to go to the mound and throw his little stuff around. And You know, I I, I really want to see that pitcher just start wearing a cowboy hat like oh, your banana team. These, <laughs> Wake Forest is serious. They're sending out um, – Seth Keener. That's their starter. That's yeah. their starter. Uh, he's got a tells you what 70 this game ERA, means. 5 and yeah. 0 as yeah. of right now. Coastal Carolina. John Kelly, who has a 10.38 ERA as of right now, is going in. Still so. good. Like I said, it's a midweek game, but it's one of the biggest midweeks that I can remember since the season started. Of, of all the games, I mean. Well, how many midweeks do you have that have a three versus six? It don't happen. I mean, it don't. I mean, then. It's a big game for both schools. Uh, well, they just had it, actually, because it was Campbell and Coastal that played two yeah, weeks ago that yeah, you had that. Yeah. Both teams are ranked in top 25. So. Yeah. But, but not would, a number two team. Yeah, yeah, not no, a top no, no, not no, a number not, two team. Not two, basically top five teams. And that's basically how you look at it. And I'm sure, like I said, that, well, you're going to take this team for granted, I'm telling you. And, and Wade's got the pitching. That's what's been their forte this year. So let's see what happens tonight. It's going to be a good game to watch. Should be fun. Uh, yep. It'll be on uh, TV somewhere. I think uh, yeah, the ACC this, Network is carrying it, if I'm not mistaken. ACC, so. or, well, if you can't get it, you can always stream it off you of ESPN. Go, yeah, you can do that. Sure. Get I think there. it's a 731st pitch, if I remember right. Go Chantas. Yeah, you are correct. Go Chantas. <laughs> All right, one final note. Uh, everybody knows who Harry Belafonte is. 96 years old. He passes away uh, this morning as well. So who has not sung... The Banana Boat song. Every time anybody this song comes on, admit it. You sing along yeah. to this song, do you not? 
Probably that, and he's got a couple others that he's really famous for, but this probably is the most famous out of all of them. You go to a baseball game, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear yeah. Sweet Caroline, and that's it's just a part of the baseball lifetime, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I've even done it. So, and a great activist as well uh, in, in uh, human rights is in the process of all that. He did a lot of great things over the course of his lifetime. Um, and really, he, he proved that you can make it, uh, you know, coming out of Jamaica. See Clyde dancing already. He's, 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 <laughs> he's got that strut going, doesn't he? That's what he got, the strut. <laughs> the Clyde Acosta. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Come out and see the good folks here at Howard's on Main. They've got great food, great service as well. Ember, has, she knows my special now. No doubt about it. I come in, ask for the special. She knows to give me uh, the TK-52. In the process, TK fifty two so. and B Rad's got them beers cold over there. He actually is there a cooler over there today. <laughs> he might have some Wharton's rock salt over there. Thirty three is where uh, it stands right now in that cooler. Oh, so. we ain't gonna have to get a little. We gotta get something together to where he wants me to rank, rank his beer. Got to put one on the table. <laughs> Let me see what he gets to. <laughs> that would be interesting to see. Uh, we gotta uh, find him another job. You know, he did a great job with the uh, with the with the football spring game. So we gotta find him something coming up. All right, this week, get out and enjoy the games. Let us know about it. You can catch us on Facebook and on Twitter. The Lakeland Sports Guys is all you got to look for. Uh, type us in there and do the search, and uh, we'll we'll follow along wherever you may be as well. So we'd love to hear uh, from you and where the, where the scores are, what the scores are. You can catch those into us as well. Uh, good luck tonight also to the uh, Greenwood Eagles. Senior night tonight against Lawrence. I'm Tom Carroll. It's Chris Cox. Stan Spivey, and we are the Lakeland Sports Guys. <laughs>